opinions and views expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views of HTT Media Group. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, lovelies, and thanks again for tuning in to Listen Closely. If you haven't already, please follow me on Facebook, where I'll be posting all things related to the topics of each episode, as well as merchandise and many other different things. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and listen closely. Episode 9. We are doing our very first true crime. Excited? Yeah. So everybody knows, I wasn't doing just ghosts and the unexplainable and stuff like that. I'm actually also doing a couple true crimes, but I kind of stared away from it for a little bit to kind of figure out how I wanted to go about doing them. So this is actually the very first one of the entire show of, hopefully it's a good one. And if y'all know of any other true crimes you want me to cover... Uh, in this area, I am starting out, but if you happen to know of one that I should probably cover anywhere in Texas or local Louisiana or anything, definitely let me know. But this one is of Kimberly Clark Sains. Ever heard of her? No. She is actually one of Texas's uh, serial killers, women. So that's kind of, I mean, it's not cool, obviously. Don't, don't be a serial killer. PSA. But, so we're going to real quickly go over a little bit about her. She was born Kimberly Clark Fowler on November 3rd, 1973 in Fall River, Massachusetts. She uh, had a couple of different jobs around there. She was fired at least four times from healthcare jobs. Now, I want you to remember that, John, because that's going to come up a little bit later. Um, what do you mean by healthcare? Like CNA, RN, what? She was a, a nurse. A nurse, okay. Yes. Okay. So she had a little bit of a trouble there. And eventually, she found her way to Lufkin, Texas in 2007. Side note, she is married, or was married, to right. a Mark Kevin Sains. That's how she got her last name. Okay. And she had two young children. Now, Mark did file for divorce in 2007 and obtained a restraining order against Kimberly. And again, this is 2007, so they just came to Lufkin, and this kind of happened. And in fact, she was arrested for public intoxication and criminal trespass. Uh, after a 2007 domestic disturbance with her husband. So things were not going great between those two. But they did reconcile two years later. So 2009, they, I guess, kind of made up a little bit. Um, and she did have those two young children. Obviously, no names or anything is going to be given out for them. Right. Not only does the internet not tell me because they were minors, but I will never give that out. Right. So she had a little bit of a checkered pass that I want to real quickly go over. So one of the jobs she got fired from from the healthcare work was at Woodland Heights Hospital. She was caught stealing a Demerol. It was actually found in her uh, handbag. Okay. And she was cheating on a urine test. Hmm. So uh, she kind of had some stuff in her system, and she didn't want anybody to find out. She overused prescription drugs. She uh, abused substance and had an addiction problem, as well as she would falsify information on employment applications okay so real quick i looked up 
why she would be stealing Demerol, and I found out what Demerol actually is. Yes. So it's kind of like morphine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's used to treat symptoms of moderate to severe pain. Right. So, but I mean, she she was a she had an addiction problem. So right. she, she, I mean, yes, she wanted it for that high. Right. But I mean, she was probably just trying to get whatever she could. Right. It's just at that time they caught it with the Demerol. Right. Okay. So let's give to her coming to Lufkin. And the event's happening at DaVita, which is a Lufkin dialysis clinic. Which is still kind of local because Lufkin's, what, an hour and a half away? Yeah. Yeah, That's kind of why I chose this one. It's it's close enough. She was an entry-level licensed vocational nurse for DaVita's. So in 2008, uh, the clinic happened to be uh, spiking in the patients falling ill during treatment. Now, obviously, they're dialysis, so they're going in for treatment for... Uh, cancers and things like that obviously those dialysis treatments are already harsh as it is right but you know they're usually pretty i don't want to say painless but nobody falls sick from them right i mean other than you know your typical tiredness and stuff like that right but there was a spike in falling seriously ill in fact the paramedics got called several times and actually doubled the number of calls in the past year. Wow, they're showing here 30 times. Right. So, just in April. And that's where this is going. Hmm. The patients suffered anything from cardiac arrest to chest pains and things like that. When the first 16 ended up getting sick, the, uh, the director, like the people in charge, they were like, hey, something's happening. We don't understand what's happening. We need the health department to come figure it out. Right. So he wrote a letter and pled for an investigation from the health department, and within days, uh, the surveyors arrived. And at this time, 16 patients had been transported for illnesses. When they arrived, 30 emergency calls had been made in that month. Wow. With seven cardiac arrests already happening and four deaths at that point. Mm. Which... One account said that they only had two calls within the previous 15 months. So, from 2 to 30. Yeah. Something's happening. Yeah. Somebody's somebody's not doing something right. Right. Yeah. So, an investigation obviously happened. The health department wanted to know what exactly was happening. You know, why is it that all of a sudden these patients are just falling super, super ill? Well, during their investigation, they found that Kimberly was on duty for 84% of the instances where patients suffered chest pain or cardiac arrest. They quickly, you know, kind of figured out, hey, something's not sitting right. Why is this lady here for 84% of the time than anybody else? Like, something's not adding up here. Right. And on April 28th, two patients actually said that they did not feel well, and two others reported that they had seen uh, Kimberly inject bleach into tubing used in the dialysis. Therefore, poisoning them by injecting that bleach into the bloodstream. Wow. And real quickly, I just want to pause because I do want to pay my respects for the victims and give you a little bit of a timeline. So, on April 1st, Clara Strange and Thelma Metcalf both had cardiac arrest. On April 16th, Garland Kelly had a cardiac arrest and died two days later in the hospital. Also on April 16th, a Garciella Casaneta lost consciousness during her treatment. On April 22nd, Cora Bryant went under cardiac arrest and died three months later. April 23rd, Marie Bradley had uh, suffered from severe drop in blood pressure. 
April 26th, Opal Few, cardiac arrest. April 26th, Deborah Oates had multiple symptoms and included a severe drop in blood pressure. April 28th, Marva Roan, severe drop in blood pressure again. April 28th was another severe drop of blood pressure, and that was of Carolyn uh, Risinger. And note that not all these people died. No, not all of them died. Yes. And this is just giving you a kind of timeline. So from April 1st to April 28th, how many? So that's 27 days. Right. Yeah. And there were 10 people. Yeah. It shows here that uh, the victims were 10, 5 killed, 5 attempted. Yes. So So we're going to get into that a little bit. Man. They they didn't understand. They knew she had something to do with it. And then those two other patients said, hey, we kind of saw something fishy. It looked like she was injecting bleach into the dialysis machine. That's crazy. Kimberly Sains, who had held her entry-level position as a licensed vocational nurse for eight months, was sent home and then fired the next day. Those two eyewitnesses testified that they again saw... Sains draw bleach into syringes and inject the substance into two patients' dialysis line. So they already have two pretty credible eyewitnesses. The FDA confirmed that samples linked to some victims tested positive for bleach, while others showed bleach may have been present at one time. Wow. And obviously you don't just have bleach in your system. Right, yeah. Or say at one time. That, that doesn't happen. The Lufkin law enforcement testified that they arrested Sains for that public intoxication and criminal trespass with her husband. And uh, the prosecutor, Clyde Harringenton, believed there were more than 10 victims uh, of this, but unfortunately, they could only bring charges up of 10 because they could only go two weeks prior to April 28th. So there was inadequate evidence to raise further indictments against Kimberly and other incidences. Right. And and knowing a little bit about um, – I, I, I have a friend that's a nurse, and knowing about this. So if somebody ever puts, like, a pick line, which, you know, I don't know if you know what a pick line is, but it's some, it's where they, you know, pull stuff into you and, and draw blood from, stuff like that. If they put that into you, if it's after use, those mm-hmm. lines are thrown away. Right. Like, so there's no way it could have been washed or – anything like that it was just she she did what she did yeah like so wow Mm. so during the trial her lawyer said she had no motive to kill kimberly was a good nurse a compassionate a caring individual who assisted her patients and was well liked she was in fact actually targeted by the clinic's owner for faulty procedures at the facility Mm. Uh, and is also good to mention saints did not take the stand Uh, during her trial as she felt she was railroaded by the clinic and would never inject bleach into a patient. Wow. However, prosecutors stated that she was a disgruntled employee who complained about specific patients, including some of those who died and or were injured. And in fact, investigators found searches on a computer about bleach poisoning in blood and whether bleach could be detected in dialysis lines on her computer on her computer oh wow now i didn't really say if it was her work computer or her home computer but like they could pinpoint it to her her defense was she was concerned about patients deaths and looked up bleach poisoning references to see if this what is what was happening and what would be the side effects Hmm. that's what she's going 
But like I said, she had a very checkered past, and although she swore by Alpha David, she had no felony record. We obviously know that to be a lie. Right. So that's, you know, and I could guess, I guess I could understand it if she was just looking up, like, bleach poison and stuff, but right. to put in the search, can bleach be detected in dialysis, in dialysis yeah. lines, that's sketchy. Yeah. Like, you don't, you're you not already, looking that up unless you're actively doing it. Right, and then you already have two eyewitnesses that right. say, hey, uh, we saw her do this, and then actually those two same witnesses ended up getting sick. Really? Yes. Mm. So it's kind of kind of fishy there. And again, 84% of the time that these people got sick, she was around. Right. Like, you, you can't just, mm. you can't ignore the facts. She was arrested on April 1st, 2009, is when they officially arrested her, which is a year later. Right. And the trial didn't begin until March 5th of 2012. Because obviously, I mean, we all kind of understand this. And those that don't, you know, it takes time to build up these trials. Right. Like, I can be arrested tomorrow doesn't mean my trial is going to be the next day or within the month or even within the year. Right. And that's like, the thing about lawyers. And, and people don't understand that. They have to. So when a lawyer goes into a court of law, they are looking for irrefutable evidence. Right. And so it Cause takes Because the, the jury has to, without a doubt, right. like without a reasonable doubt, right. they have to convict. If if it's a if it's a murder charge like this, it has to be a unanimous consent. Right. So they are going to find every possible way to show the jury that this is irrefutable, that she did what she did. Yeah, and so, only her. Like it couldn't have been anybody yeah. else. Like, so it it takes a long time to get oh, yeah. that process to happen. On March thirty first of twenty twelve, she actually had a pretty, I'd say, relatively fast trial. March fifth yeah. to March thirty first. Yeah. I mean, these things can go on, months. them trials themselves, for months. Yeah. But on March 31st, 2012, uh, in Texas District Court, she was found guilty of five accounts of capital murder and five accounts of aggravated assault for those injured five patients. Right. That, luckily, she did not get to. So, with that, again, if you don't know law, just because you're sentenced that day, or your uh your verdict is out like guilty or not guilty that doesn't mean that you know right then and there what the penalties are so the sentencing was a little bit later right. not too much i mean luckily they they didn't have a whole lot going on with this case to you know persuade them one way or the other the prosecution was obviously looking for the death penalty Right. Which we have here in Texas. Right. And some people, you know, it's one of those big debates on whether the death penalty is good or bad. Because some kind of see it as an eye for an eye. Others see it as, yeah, but They're just because, yeah, yeah, and like it's not going to bring my, my loved one back. Right. So that's a debate for another time, another yeah. show. We don't do those debates. <laughs> I'm just giving you facts that yeah. they were indeed seeking the death penalty. Um, on April 2nd. 2012 she was sentenced and the sentence was life in prison without the possibility of parole and a 20-year sentence for the aggravated assault so she three, three consecutive three consecutive yeah. right so that is 60 years yeah on top of the life, life yeah. without parole yeah so she's not getting out she is not getting yeah. out i mean it i would say it'd take you know god to even get her out but i mean not even yeah. it she's not getting out right so she is currently, uh, she is still alive, 
uh, Kimberly mm-hmm. is, which is more than we can say for her victims, but right. we're not going to go there. Uh, she is currently held in the Mountain View unit of the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. And as far as I know, I mean, obviously she's not living her best life, but she is living. This, this, this just, it got to me. Yeah. Like, obviously, I am stuttering left and right. You've never really heard me stutter like this because, you know, you put your loved ones in the care of these people. I mean, it doesn't even have to be, like, dialysis. It can be hospitals. It can be nursing homes. Like, you put your loved one in these people's caring arms, and they're supposed to care. So, and it's kind of – it's actually kind of cool that you're doing this this week, and I'll tell you why – and, and I, I want to go on record as saying that, you know, don't get this wrong. We love our EMS. Right. Um, because this week actually is EMS week. Oh, how do you know um, that? Yeah. Uh, in fact, I don't know if you saw on Facebook, but uh, we have an ambulance service. We have a guy that's near and dear to our heart that runs an ambulance service in our city, uh, Mr. Jason. And yes, he great had man. The, uh, he had the helicopter fly down onto his property. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did see that. EMS week. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so, but you're right. I mean, we put a lot of trust into these people to take care of our loved ones. And we're not saying they're all bad. By no no means are we saying they're all bad. Most of them, like, great people. They love what they do. They're compassionate. You know, they, they do their job well. And I definitely could not do their job. But I was looking at something on here. And, um, so the daughter of Thelma Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Got on stand. I don't know if you saw. Oh this, yes, yes. But, she... And I'm going to quote her word for word. She said, "Yes, you are nothing more than a psychopathic serial killer. I hope you burn in hell." Yes. Like, and that's what she was. She was not a nurse. She was a serial killer. Yes. So, Which is what we have to remember. And right. The, the thing that I want to point out is because most of the time when you hear of these stories, the focus is so much on the killer and not right. the victims. And I do want to say that, you know, those families are hurting. They're probably still hurting. And they will always be hurting because their loved one is gone because this lady decided to do what she did. Right. Why she did it, I'm not going to speak for her. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't really read up on it. Maybe another podcast can tell you why or another show or, you know, interview that she may have done. Right. But, I mean, if you're guilty and you've done this – I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I I want to hear from the victims. Right. Like, I want to help them out. Right. But it's just crazy to me because, like I said, you go to these places expecting to get better. And, you know, or you, you hear of your loved one going to these treatments and, you know, hospitals and different places to get better. And then they don't come back. Yeah. Like, that just blows my mind. And then, you know, you think about it, okay, well, maybe it was just, you know, their body just couldn't handle it. And then to think, no, actually, it was someone poisoning them. Like, it's not bad enough that they're already sick, but now they're getting poisoned. Like, it just, it breaks my heart. It really does. This is the very first true crime. Kind of sad, which, I mean, all true crimes are. Unfortunately, there are always victims. But I just want to... Just be the voice for the victims. Right. Let their story be told that they're never forgotten. And, you know, unfortunately, yes, we do have to talk about the killers mm-hmm. uh, because that's part of the story. So, oh, I mean, man. I don't know. 
I don't know how you feel about this. I mean, I've kind of told my story on it, how I feel, but I mean, I haven't really asked you what you're feeling over there. Or I mean, so I'm a in my in my idealism in my life, I'm a little bit harsher than most. Um, I have my viewpoints. I, I agree with you that I don't even care what this woman's name is. Um, I'm more focused on the victims. Mm-hmm. and who she hurt and if you're out there we love you and we're praying for you um and i and but i, I mean but i don't before before we get too far i also don't want to feel like you know we're just hating on her like right. her family is also hurting too right right like her two children had to grow up without their mother because of this so right. like i'm not saying you know right like screw her and her family by no means am i saying that because you know they are hurting just as equally because right. I mean, yeah. I, I wasn't going to say – all I was going to say is, you know, she got caught. Justice was served. Right. Uh, a jury do you, think, do you a, think it was the right justice? I mean, do you agree with the sentence? Um, do you actually think she could have – she should have gotten the so death that's, sentence? So that's what or? I was going to say, and it's not – it doesn't only apply to her. I believe, especially when it comes to capital murder, if, you fi- if you're found out and you're 100% guilty by an anonymous jury of your peers, mm-hmm. I don't – I'm not going to sit you in jail. I'm going to – I mean, you're you're dead. Like that's that's how my mind in in justice is served. Right. But that's just me. A lot of other people are different than me. Um. So, but like I said, we. That's why I am not a judge. I am not. I'm not jury. Um. She's been judged. She's been sentenced, and we have to deal with the verdict. So. Okay. Um. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Okay. I'm just. But yes, it's horrible. The overall. This is a horrible thing. I hate that it happened. Right. Uh, and Godspeed to everybody involved, including, like you said, the two kids. Yeah. Of the. I mean, the two kids, even yeah. the husband. I mean, and the husband, I don't yeah. even know his story. Uh, right. Like I said, I want to be respectful, and I didn't want to go too far. And like they right. still, they're still living. They still have their lives. Right. Like they, they don't need to be brought up into this. Right. Like they don't need to be judged. He doesn't need to be judged based off of what Absolutely. his wife did. I mean, or ex-wife, I shall I say? Like, you know, don't definitely yeah. don't go judging. I mean, right. he, and he might be just as bad. I don't know, but I'm saying don't don't go and you know, right? Get on to him. And it just started raising. I mean, raining, which is kind of yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it wouldn't be a ghost or a, a true crime or a, and a ghost. Uh, right, like this is the perfect like if, snuggle weather yeah. to. You know, just sit down and listen to your favorite podcast. Right. But, I mean, there, there's some other good ones. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm not going to say I'm the best, but I'm just I'm just messing with you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. But, anyways, that is the story for today. Um, if you do like these true crimes, definitely let me know if you have one that you think I should cover. Because I'm trying to stay away from the mainstream ones. Like, everybody knows about Waco, Texas, for example. Right. The Ramirez brothers. Right. Like, everybody knows those. I want to know the really unheard ones. Right. I mean, there's one here that's local that I haven't really talked to the family that much. It's one I have to talk to her and see if she'll willing to kind of let me cover it. Yeah. But um, I want to hear those kind of stories. Yeah. I don't want to hear the mainstream. I don't. I mean, I'll cover them maybe on the side or something, but right. we're here for the victims. And if you have a story like that, how can they reach out to you? You can reach out to me on whew, so many social medias. Yeah. I am like social media queen over here. 
Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok are all at HTT. Listen closely. Um, you can reach out to me on any of those platforms. You can also email me, HTT, listen closely at gmail.com, as well as our main media group email, which is HTT at gmail.com. Right. Or their Facebook, which is, so here's the thing. Right. Which is at HTT Silsby. Yes. Okay, want to make sure. Um, and if and for all you that are listening locally, um, I know it would mean a lot to her because we actually had this happen Saturday yesterday. So if you're if you're around and you see Miss Bobby or you see me, let us know. Say hey, I love the podcast. I love what y'all are doing. Like it's it's awesome. We had a we had a girl come up to us and tell us that, and it's just really cool that. You know that happened. Which shout out to you. I don't. Uh, unfortunately, my husband did not get your name. Yes, I didn't. And or he doesn't remember it because he's he's got a really bad memory. I so do. I do apologize for my husband. Yeah. But thank you so much for stopping him and letting us know that you love the show. Yeah. So this is kind of your shout out. I I'm sorry I don't know your name, but you know who you are, and I really really do appreciate it. In fact, uh, because you did that, I'll tell you what. If you're it's so because she, she says she listens to every episode. Ooh. So it, since you did that, come see me uh, sometimes, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to give you a uh, fifteen dollar gift card to a local coffee shop here. All right. So there you go. And she she knows the coffee shop. Yeah. All right. So there you go. This is your test. Don't fail me. <laughs> I like. I need you to like. Like tomorrow when this airs, like so Saturday. Oh, they're close Sunday, huh? The yeah, shop. they're, they're close Monday. Sunday. Monday. Monday. I need you to like be there and be like, "Hey, I'm here to see John." Yeah. And then you know you just make this eye contact, like you, we all got this. There you go. But, anyways, right. thank you so much for doing that. That's really awesome. Yeah. And um, if you're not local and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave me five stars and a review. That would mean so much to me. Or if you're on any of my social medias, leave a comment. I love to see comments. You can say, hey, I love your show, or hey, cover this, or hey, you can work on maybe doing this. I understand right. I do say um a lot. Yes. I say so a lot. Like I, I understand this. I say like a lot. So definitely leave me some uh, feedback. I am or by no means say, hey, upset. That, that producer back there could edit the show a little better. I mean, they, you can do that too. Yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever, whatever it may we be. Need to work on. Or hey, y'all are doing great. You know, keep it up. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, we're open right. for anything. Right. Yeah. All right, guys. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I need you to just do one thing, and that's listen closely. <laughs>